Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hi, and welcome to the Future Tech Podcast. I'm Alan Thomas, and today with me is Thomas Berman. COO of BLB Industries. How you doing, Thomas? I'm very well, thank you. Very much. Oh, great, great to have you here. Well, you know, and we'll and we'll just go right into it. What is BLB Industries? What what's the company about, and what do you guys do? We uh, we are uh, more or less a startup. We have we were founded for two and a half years ago, and there were three people involved. It's uh, Burman and Dean Bayedal, the, the three persons that founded the company. Uh, after that, we have, at today's date, we have six people involved, three active and three passive investment in investors behind us. So we are still a very young and uh, quite small company, but uh, growing rapidly. Okay, great. And and what what is it in your background that led you to to help found this company? Were you already in this space, or 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 are you or are you new to the industry as well? No, actually, it's a quite interesting background because uh, Kim and Jacob, the other t- two co-founders, they are uh, high school graduates uh, working or studying a school for 3D technicians. And they uh, set as a goal to, to build a large 3D printer. So they, they are the, uh, the founder of the, of the ID. And my background as an automotive engineer and a robot programmer helped with the technical side. And the, the personal uh, 
connections between us was uh, very strong. We had a good uh, uh, friendship uh, between us. So uh, right from the beginning, we decided to to start this company, and uh, we have uh, the goal was very clear from the beginning. And with that goal, we had no problems to find the the finance we needed to to start the business. And that was uh, autumn 2015 uh, we started. So 2016 in spring, we released uh, the first machine. And that's when we were more or less public. It's not a long time we have been around, but we have uh, we have put some um, <laughs> yeah put some marks on the ground already. And I know you said that uh, your your background was a little bit of auto engineering. So do you find that there was a lot of parallels between that and what you're doing now in terms of how you lay out you know how you lay out specs and how you how you plan the work or maybe how you even how you put together the the, the machines? Yeah, actually, the the back, background. Uh, not the background, but the uh, the way we think in this uh, oh, these questions is that since we are a small company and a new starter company, the only way to compete with the big uh, the big industry is to have absolute highest standard of quality on every component. So from day one, we have decided not to take any shortcuts whatsoever. So all our products in the machine is uh, of highest level. We have the Bosch Rexroot uh, linear system and we have uh, uh, every component is uh, fit for industry. If you go to a large company and, and buy a Chinese no brand uh, motor, then you can't, if the big car company have a shelf full of, of spare parts and they bring in a, a Chinese no name component, it doesn't work. You need to have the, the same uh, quality as they use. So that's uh, the most important aspect. This is not a toy. This is a fully fledged industrial machine. And so do you, do you particularly work with businesses and institutions or, 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 or do you sometimes also uh, run into individual consumers who want the product, who want the machine? Uh, Price-wise, we're absolutely looking for the big, big companies. It's not a, a hobby machine at, at all, but uh, I will explain later. But the way we we uh, the machine works is so fundamentally different than uh, almost every other 3D printer, uh, plastic 3D printer that is. Uh, so we need to have three. We want to have three legs to stand on, and mainly we are machine builders. We build custom uh, machines for each uh, custom-made machine. Uh, but to to advertise that and to have a, a dialogue with the customer, we also have print service. So anyone can can uh, reach out to us and send in a file. We can print uh, parts for them. That's no problem at all. Uh, and the third part, since we are very curious type of person. Uh, R&D is in our blood. So those three uh, is different business areas is uh, linked together very closely. Okay, well, let's let's talk about that a little. When you said the, when you say how the customer comes to you and then how you kind of custom build the machine. What what's what's the, I guess what's the process that they go through when engaging with the company in terms of being able to get to where they get they can get their machine built. Oh, that's uh, going to be a long answer because I need to explain how our machines work to to begin with if it's okay. 
Oh yeah, go go ahead. That's what that's what we're here for. Yeah. So we don't build machines. We have a system, and that system is infinite scalable, both bigger and smaller. So this system uh, can adapt to uh, the different customers' needs. For instance, we have uh, I I don't have uh, the American uh, units. I need to translate in, in my head, and that's not good. I have to take the European unit uh, anyway. Uh, the the small machine we build are three cubic meters, and the big one we are building now is six cubic meters. And a six cubic meter machine is not at all the biggest we can do. We don't have an an, an, an size limitation. But for now, we have a customer that needs a six cubic meter machine to build that specific for his needs. And he also wants a twin extruder on the machine. So we have uh, that possibility as well. But the main thing we do is that we use uh, industrial standard granulates instead of filament. And when you use granulates, you have a lot of uh, much more options and much uh, the, the possibility to, to hand pick the, the properties of the material you're looking for. Is it PP you want to use? Then it's no problem. But if you have uh, proprietary material with uh, wood content or carbon fiber and so forth, it could be very tricky to, to use that material in any other uh, printer system. But since we use granules and, and uh, can handle all the, the, the plastic material you can think of, then we can hand build the extruder for the customer's needs. So for instance, we can have the one we're building now is a one hundred pound an hour in capacity. It's forty kilo an hour, and that's the need of the customer. He has a half half inch uh, nozzle on that uh, machine. It's a twelve millimeter nozzle, so he he needs to have a good productivity and a, a large product that he's um, producing. So that's the dialogue we have with the customer. What are your, the needs and the purpose for the, the product itself? And then we custom-made the machine for them. So, so, so ultimately, it ends up becoming a, a custom-made machine just kind of based off what you've learned from, from already being involved with them. It's, it's like kind of along the way, you kind of end up finding out what it is that they actually need, and you just kind of customize as you go. Yes, and that's why we have the print service. I think the most common... Uh, actually, the first interaction is more. I've seen your printers on the uh, on the internet, for instance. Uh, what can it do? And then you have a dialogue, and you say, "Send some files, we can show you." And then we can have test prints made, and they say, "Okay, this is good, but we need a bit of tweaking for one reason or or another." Okay, yeah, fine, but this is the machine we can uh, we can uh, present to you at this moment, but if you, if you want your own machine, then we can uh, change the parameters so it works for his special needs. So it's a, it's a back and forth. You have a, a close relationship with the customer. So in getting to this point, in getting BLB to this point, it takes a lot to put a comp company together and especially to actually bring your products to market. What are some of the difficulties that you guys have encountered when getting to this point, putting together the company and, and bringing your product out? Yeah, actually, we quite proudly can say that everything we do, we do it backwards compared to almost any other company. 
we are a new a new company with a new product for a new market, and that's the toughest you can get into. But to make it even more difficult for us, almost without exception, every of our customers want to be in the technical forefront, and therefore we sign an NDA with them. So we don't have any reference projects at all. We can't talk about what customer we're working on and what projects we are doing. And that shouldn't be possible at all for, the, for a newly founded company. But for some reason, it doesn't matter in our case because we, have, we, are, we are in growth pain. We have a tremendous amount of interest and we are working our uh, night and day to catch up with the, the, the interest. So it's a very interesting situation. But when you speak to, when you talk to uh, old um, business leaders and try to get some advice from them, we say we, we can't follow those uh, advices because it doesn't apply to to us. So everything we do is a little bit different. So you're kind of so you're kind of writing a playbook, or or you're kind of really blazing a trail for other people to come behind you. Then, but but you have to kind of figure out what to do for yourself up front. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, day by day. Because one of the earliest uh, directions we were told by the, our board, we need to find what uh, oh, what branches, what uh, businesses we are going to concentrate on, and we say it's absolutely impossible. As of as of today, I can take the the two extremes. We have uh, a machine for biomedical. Uh, parts in India that's in a clean room environment on the, on the other, uh, one hand. And on the other hand, we have a uh, mining business that wants to build uh, a series of uh, printers for the mining industry. So that's the spectrum. And then we have every, everything in between. It's absolutely impossible to, to rule out any businesses because we are, we are yeah, we are in, in the middle of everything. So going along that line is, uh, have there been any clients in any industry that have come to you and 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 they've said, well, this is what we would really really want to see, or this is what we really wish for, kind of a thing. And maybe you and maybe you had to tell them, well, we can do this piece or this piece, but to do the whole thing might be a couple of years out, or that might be something where it might be five years out, and maybe the technology just hasn't caught up to it yet. Maybe a situation like that. <laughs> and as I just said, no, actually, it's the other way around. This is oh, really? so weird situation because we have a couple of very, very large. And to put in perspective, we are three active guys working with this. Uh, we are a small company as of today. We are growing rapidly, but as of today, we are very small. Uh, and we are almost exclusively working with million dollar, uh, sorry, billion dollar companies. There are huge, uh, huge companies we're working together with. And they have the, both the interest and the, the time to wait for us to catch up. So if you say, uh, we don't say we can't do this now, we must do it in five years time. But instead we work together with them to speed up the process. So if it would have taken five years, Together with they, their support and their uh, backup, we can do it in six months or a year. So we are rapidly uh, expanding the possibilities for 
uh, for the development of 3D printers. So, so for you guys, it comes down to, well, we don't know today maybe how it can be done, but, we're, but let's, let's all get together and find out and work it out, kind of solve the problem. Yeah, yeah. And the same goes for the material development. I, we have a, a German customer. Uh, it's three, uh, $3 billion company in, in Germany. And they have a, a licensed uh, certificated material that they work, work with for their whole line of products. And they are changing the recipe for our, for, to be able to print it in our printer. And that's a huge undertake with uh, uh, the cost for new certifications and so forth. But they are in so firm believers that our technology, technology can change their whole business model. Uh, I can take uh, um, an example, or uh, oh, I don't know how to, to explain it. They sell about 20,000 pieces of this product. And a small percentage of this uh, product is not non-standard. The, those uh, products have to be handmade today. And that, little, uh, that small percentage is about 3,500 units per year that is hand-built. And they want to uh, 3D print those parts. So what we are doing that shouldn't be possible is that we mass-produce uh, individual components. So it's both 3D printing as a, as a business model compared with mass production. So it's, uh, we open up a whole new can of worms. It's quite interesting. Also, I, I wanted to go back to one thing that you said about having to sign a lot of NDAs or non-disclosure agreements when you when you work with different yep. customers. Uh, so especially at, especially at the beginning with the first few customers, if you're not able to show people customer reviews or even tell them who you're working with, like how do you overcome that when when you're getting the next customer? Um, I don't have a good answer for that because uh, it's almost as as we have to start start all over with every day with the same uh, with the same start. Uh, but fortunately, we are uh, our self-esteem and, and our, our uh, knowledge has grown customer by, customer by customer. So that's actually quite easy. We show them what's possible and we, we try to under-promise or, and over-deliver. That's the main part. So they will be amazed and uh, surprised when they get the, the machines at, at their disposal. So we never over-promise things. And for the company itself, for BLB itself, what does the roadmap look like for the next year or two years? What, what, what's coming? What's coming around the bend for you guys? First and foremost, we have just in the end of February we moved out from the starting facility, uh, so we are uh, in a own factory, five times as big as we had when we started. So that's a good thing. We have a lot of more uh, floor space. And then we have started to hire people. We have, a, uh, since we are three uh, technical guys uh, making this happen, so we have taken a, an external CEO that will be uh, coming in this spring and this summer, uh, and he, he can help uh, take uh, mature the company, take it on the next level. Uh, that's one side of it. And then we have uh, a lot more 
you know, engineers to come help building the machine. So we are uh, yeah, growing and maturing as a company. That's the next step. And now we're talking three, four months ahead. And then for a longer, longer goal is to to grow. We are eager to grow as, uh, as as big as we can because the sky is the limit. We have the the customers, we have the demands, we have the interest, and we have the financial background. So it's only it's, it's only time limitation. It's so many times per per day to to work with. And so for the people listening, what's some of the big takeaways or, or the big things you want our listeners to think about or remember when they think about BLB? Uh, actually, if you look at the web page, then it's a big 3D printer or in the news, it's a big 3D printer. But I think it's more the way you approach the, the production, uh, the mindset when you reach production. Um, with our machine, you can make parts cost efficiently. Uh, cost efficient because we try to use the the biggest nozzle you can for the product and if you start losing details then you have to step uh, reduce the the size one size uh, reduce the nozzle one size Uh, so we we use very coarse printing when we when you do the product and that's because when the products come out of the 3D printer, it's not ready. It's not supposed to be ready. You, you, the best way to, to handle a 3D printed product is to post-process it. And that's a very important message to the whole 3D printing industry. Our eyes is uh, not a very good tool for measuring quality. It looks nice on the surface, but it still uh, needs post-processing to be able to, to be in industrial quality. So instead of staring at the surface quality, make the product functional and then post-process it to the, the surface finish or the tolerance that you, you, you need for the, for the purpose. That's the biggest uh, takeaway. You need to see 3D printing as a, a production method that needs post-processing. And Thomas, what's the best way for our listeners to to get more information and just and, and really um, interact with you guys? Is it the main website? Is it a different one? Is it What's the best way that you want them to engage with the company? Yeah, absolutely. Our website is uh, our num- number one connection. And actually, as I said before, we do everything differently. We don't do any, any commercials at all, not written and not in newspaper, no, no advertisement whatsoever. And even though that's the case, we are located in Sweden, but I think about 80% of our customers is abroad. So we don't do uh, no, advertisements. So, and the only way to get in contact is by our webpage. Uh, can you give us the, the webpage one time just so so make sure folks can have it? Yeah, it's blbindustries.se. Okay, great. And Thomas, I just want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. You know, you've given us a lot of information. Uh, and just, you know, thank, thank you for your expertise. Thank you for your time. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing. 
cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.